Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast on Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. I went to a, an Asian school which they'd, if you didn't conform to the norm and value of what every other boy did, right. you was immediately an outcast. The breakdown with my family... Okay. over who I am and the path that I'm wanting to follow in life mm-hmm. was kind of the breakdown. So 18 was when I left home. Really? I had like £6.97 in my bank account and I left to go to Essex. Be normal, Janaid. Like everyone told me to be when I was 15. Be normal. Wearing makeup doesn't make you gay. Wearing makeup doesn't make you any less masculine or any less of a man. Where's this narrative come from where men can't wear makeup? Mm-hmm. Everyone you look at on your TV screens has got makeup on. It's my life. Right. I wear what I want, what I feel sexy in, what I feel confident in. I'm very open and happy. I was born a Muslim and it's, it's going to continue with me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. My relationship with me and God is between me and God. Right. I pray every single day. I read the Quran every single day. And that's my choice in life, what I wish to do. Right, you ready? (laughs) Let's do this. Are you that scared? Yeah, I'm nervous. (laughs) I'm really nervous. The camera's rolling. Cameras are rolling. I'm nervous. Janaid, welcome to Millennial Mind. Hello, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you, even though you've told me a hundred times you're so nervous to speak to me. Because <laughs> I know you dig so deep, so I'm really nervous because I don't really open up to anyone. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is really taking me out of my comfort zone. Well, one thing I've always had the ability to do is get people to open up. And when oh I was God. younger, I didn't really understand it. I used to be like, why is everyone telling me their life problems? <laughs> like, what's going on? And now I'm like, oh, maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> so, no, I'm really happy to have you here. And, you know, there's a lot of things I want to talk to you about today, which are going to be a little bit difficult and are going to dive a little bit deep. But I really want to just start off with your journey. And for people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so my name is Janaid. Mm-hmm. I... I'm most well known for appearing on Love Struck High on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And most recently, I have joined The Only Way is Essex on yep. TVB. Prior to this, I've been, I mean, I've been in the industry since I was like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. 
started modelling, got scouted at the Birmingham Clothes Show at 15. I was on a wow. school trip. No way. <laughs> yeah. I was on a school trip, went to the Birmingham Clothes Show, got scouted. And then I started modelling at like 15. Did commercials for so many different brands from like 15 to 18. Right. And then at 18, I first appeared on TV. I did a documentary on Channel 4. About? About male body image. Wow. And that kind of kick-started the kind of start of my TV journey. Right. But it was only until I was 25, so last year, mm. was when I got my big TV job. So I got Love Struck High, and then a few months later, I got Towie. That's amazing. So tell me, you, you got scouted at 15. Yeah. How was that with your family? Because when I <laughs> when I said to my family want to start modelling, they were like, oh my God, what does that mean, you know? I mean, I think my family were just like... I don't think they actually thought I was going to be serious and actually go with it. And Right. I mean, I didn't know what to expect, really. It was just something at 15. It's kind of cool. You're kind of like, it's kind of like in school, you're like, oh, my God, I got scouted. Yeah. But little did I know that really started a lot of downfall for me in school when that all happened. Um, but I mean, my family were kind of like, just go with the flow. Like, we don't know what's actually going to happen here. And I remember on my first photo, my portfolio shoot with my first model agent, my dad took me to London and did a whole day. Aww. And it was actually really nice. Like, we got a massive, we got a portfolio created. And then I was literally on shoots, doing commercials. And yeah, it was crazy. Great child. I, I mean, it's like teenage memories, isn't it? Right. Great teenage memories to look back at and think, oh my God, I did that. I did that. That was fun. But you talk about the downfall. What was that? So, obviously, at 15, I was still in school. Mm-hmm. And it just led to a lot of bullying because people didn't understand why I wanted to model. And mm -hmm. I went to quite an Asian populated school. Right. So they didn't understand why it was that was, at that point, I didn't know that was gonna be a career for me or lead into some sort of career for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was just a bit of fun. Mm -hmm. And they didn't understand the whole, why would you do that? It's embarrassing, it's gay. And they just didn't like me for doing that. So right. it led to a lot of like, I was attacked a few, on a few occasions when I was in school, yeah. No way. Yeah, walking home from school, I was beaten up. When oh I was out with my gosh. friends on the weekends, I was beaten up. Yeah, it was really difficult, really, really difficult. Not easy at all. But I've never really opened up and told anyone that. Well, thank you for sharing that. I don't really, yeah. Stuff like that is just bad, bad times for me when I was younger. Mm. And I've evolved so much since then. Because I look mm -hmm. back at... Janae then I think, gosh, she was so different. And now I'm, now I'm so comfortable in who I am. Right. And now I own who I am and right. I'm proud of it. And but back then it wasn't easy. So back then you were obviously, you know, understanding what you wanted to do with modeling. Mm -hmm. But did you know that you were gay then? I didn't know what I was. At 15, I was very young. I didn't mm -hmm. know what I was. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I identified myself as. Mm -hmm. There was no sort of pressure for me. Right. I was just going, getting along with life and just going, mm. going, with, going with the flow of things. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It wasn't like I was labeling myself as any type of way or any type of person that I am. Mm -hmm. I was just Janae at 15, being a model. I mean, it was, I wasn't a full-time model. I ain't no Tyra Banks, do you know what I mean? I wasn't walking down the runway for Gucci and anything. I right. wish I was. But yeah. it was a bit of fun. Mm. And I really, at that age, even then, I was very, like, self, self aware of how I looked. And I always wanted to look the best and just mm -hmm. groomed myself. Nothing too feminine, but mm -hmm. just... I like to be nice and groomed. I used to love getting my hair cut done at 15. Like I'd like to go every week to get my hair cut Most done. Most people do, yeah. Yeah, but I just think at that time, and this is, we're talking 11, 11, 12 years ago. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I think the concept and things back then were very different to how it is now. 
But has it changed as much for me? I don't think so. I still get the abuse and like threats I used to get when I was 15. So were those threats about your sexuality or were they just because it was you modelling? It was varied really. It was my sexuality. It was who does he think he is? He thinks he's someone special. But far from it really. At 15, didn't really have any money, did I? I wasn't making the most money at all. But it was just, I went to a an Asian school, which they'd, if you didn't conform to the norm and value of what every other boy did, right. you was immediately an outcast. Right. And because most of my friends were girls and I got into modeling, right. I was an outcast in two different avenues of school. So I was the target for a lot of people. That's so interesting. I think a lot of us feel, and I uploaded a video the other day about how you shouldn't conform to other people's views around yeah. marriage and it blew up. And the reason why I think it blew up was because so many of us feel we have to conform to a particular view. Yeah. Because if we don't, mm. we get targeted of, well, especially for me, I always get told, like, you're so fussy. You're never going to find anyone. <laughs> you know, you're so difficult. Like, just listen to your elders. We yeah. know what's best. You know, you're going to be so old as a mum. Do you want to look old? And I'm like, is that really the concern? Yeah. Like, the way I look? But anyway, I think a lot of people do feel that if they don't conform to a particular standard, and this is for men and women, because we both have different standards that we need to conform to, right? Yeah. And if you don't, you are going to be, you know, bullied online. Yeah. You are going to be harassed by your family or your friends or by strangers. Now for you, when did that kind of journey of realizing, like, I am who I am and I'm not going to take this anymore come 18. about? 18. Okay. 18 was when I left home. And wow. yeah, I moved to Essex when I was 18. And where were you living before? Peterborough. Okay. Yeah. It's a big change. Massive change. Right. So and what can... made you move to Essex and what made you leave? The breakdown with my family. Okay. Over who I am and the path that I'm wanting to follow in life mm -hmm. was kind of the breakdown. So yeah, I left home at 18. I remember <laughs> I remember it so clearly. Really? I had like £6.97 in my bank account and I left to go to Essex. Start a brand new life, completely brand new start. Left everything back home. And you just left with your bags and you left just said bye. And that was it. And I went. And you never spoke to them again? I did end up speaking to them again um, a few years later because my brother passed away. Okay. So that was one of the most difficult things I had to go through in my life. Yeah, my older brother mm -hmm. passed away suddenly. And it kind of did bring a lot of things back into perspective for me mm -hmm. because at that point I wasn't living a glamorous lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I was just a normal person, 21, mm -hmm. in the industry, but also had a full-time job and just trying to find my feet and waiting for my big break. And it was difficult, like any kind of career path you're in, you're, yeah. you're fighting for your chance, you're fighting for your chance, and you're fighting for your chance. And that kind of hit, that kind of knocked me back a little bit. I'd say I was, I was 20 at the time and that did really put into perspective what life was about. And I think kind of, I gave up on the dream. I gave up and I thought, mm -hmm. do you know what? Maybe it's just not meant to be. Maybe I'm just not meant for this career in TV and just be normal, Janaid. Like everyone told me to be when I was 15, be normal. And I think when something so like, so emotional happens to you in your life and such a life-changing event, mm -hmm. you do sit there and question, what's actually worth it in life? Is it what I want to do in TV or do I just conform to what my family values are and what my kind of cultural values are? Right. So I've fought a battle with myself for years and years. Um, ended up going back home, speaking to my family and just kind of 
building a relationship kind of there for what yeah. had kind of been lost and just being civil mm-hmm. and just kind of no bad blood. Right. Um, so yeah, I was home for a few months and then I come back to Essex. And then what happened? Do you know what? I just changed my outlook on life. I went through a really tough time and I just thought, it's game time. I'm ready. So you, so actually, just to go back, you went to Essex at 18 mm-hmm. with six pounds. In my bank account. In your bank account. Mm-hmm. So I always find these stories fascinating because I'm just like, what the hell did you do? Like, <laughs> what does that mean? You had six pounds in your bank account. Yeah. How can you just move to a different place? Well, so where did you live? <laughs> what did you eat? <laughs> six pounds is like two meal it. deals. You didn't get me my train ticket to Essex. I forgot about the train ticket. <laughs> so how did you get there? <laughs> so my best friend at the time, so... Through modelling, I met um, I met a few friends that lived in London and Essex. Right. And they were very close to me. And they kind of knew the journey I was kind of going through at 15 mm-hmm. to where I was at 18. I rang one of my friends and I was like, please, can I come live with you and your family? Please, can I come live with you and your family? Because I've got, I've got no money. Like, I, can't, I can't live at home anymore. I'm leaving mm-hmm. home. And she was like, yeah, no problem. So I literally left, went to Essex, lived with my family, like my friend's family. Right. And I thought, right, we need to get a job. We need okay. to crack on. I went to university. Yeah. Studied journalism. Wow. Yeah. And then did two years at uni. And All obviously, whilst living with this girl's family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow. working part time. Yeah. Wow. So I did it. So I was at uni, living with my friend's family and also working part time. And this is probably a bit of a personal question. Mm-hmm. You don't have to answer it. But in that time at 18, did anyone reach out to see if you're okay? No. Okay. I was a one man. Well, I am a one-man band, and I always have been. It's me, myself, and I. How do you cope with that? I'm my own biggest fan. I look in the mirror every day, and I love myself. And I'm not going to lie. <sighs> I do. Amazing. I'm very proud of what I've achieved at the age of 26. Mm-hmm. And I, I've got I, how I look back at it is, Janae's been on his own since he was 18 years old. I'm 26 now, and mm-hmm. thank God I live a very nice life, and I'm so eternally grateful mm-hmm. for that. Right. But it's never been easy. The journey to get here hasn't been easy. So I need to love myself more than anyone can love me because I've had love from no one. If my own family hasn't loved me, how can anyone else love me? Do you know what I mean? Mm. So for me, I will always love myself more than anyone in the world could ever love me. That's so sad. And I've had to and I've had to force that self on me. I'm gonna cry. That's so cute. <laughs> I feel like it's getting really deep. I feel like I'm getting more emotional yeah. than you. It's really interesting. I went to I went to therapy. Actually, honestly, okay. I went to a therapy once, and the therapist said to me that there are certain kinds of people in life who admit I don't feel love, and so I'm going to love myself more than anything else. Or they say, "Well, I don't need the love, so like I don't care." Mm, and it's, yeah. one is like an admittance, yeah, and like give me love from everyone, and everyone give me love, and I need it. Mm. And the other is like a defense mechanism of like, "Well, I don't need it because I never had it." And I only need me. Yeah. Because you can never let yourself down. Yeah. And that's exactly how I see it. Because I've never been in a serious relationship. I was just going to ask. So I've never been in love. Wow. So I don't know no other love by my own. Which maybe is, I don't know. Maybe I haven't experienced it yet. Or maybe I just, my guard's up too high. You're very self-confident, is what I'm hearing, and what you've told me. I'd like to think so. But there are a lot of taboos you've had to break. A million percent. And I'm still breaking boundaries every day. 
we've talked about, you know, the sexuality piece, mm -hmm. but one of the biggest taboos I think is still very hard to break is about men wearing makeup. I don't understand it. Like, I'm not gonna blow my own trumpet or anything, but I genuinely do have better makeup than most girls, which is fine. We can we can elaborate and we can we, we can just come <laughs> we can happily say that's pretty and that's nice. I just don't understand how we live in the twenty twenty we live in twenty twenty two and men have to hide wearing makeup. I'd like to clarify the point. Wearing makeup doesn't make you gay. Wearing makeup doesn't make you any less masculine or any less of a man. It's just how we pride ourselves in our appearance. If you've got a spot, for example, and you would just like to cover it, cover it, use a bit, use a bit of concealer, and you're good to go. Why does that make you any less feminine? I think. Uh, sorry, any less masculine? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I I think it's something that I'm not going to lie. And I'm going to be totally honest on here. At first, I used to struggle with. I used really? to. Yeah, but you have to remember, I grew up in an environment where men didn't wear makeup. I yeah. still don't know any men that do wear makeup. So seeing somebody for the first time wearing makeup was strange to me. It didn't make me think that they were any, you know, that they were a girl or like yeah. they were trying to be one. But I can't sit here and say, yes, I've always been somebody who's been like, yes, makeup should yeah. be gender free. It's something I've had to learn because okay. growing up, you've been told like girls wear makeup and boys don't. Yeah. Right, and that was something that was told. I went to an all-girls school, yeah, and we had a sister-boy school, but none of them would wear makeup. Mm. And anybody who would straighten their hair would be like, "Oh, they're so gay." Is what? the terms people would use that just so like all these messages that are like going through your head, yeah, make you think in one direction. As I've gotten older, I'm like, it's totally ludicrous. It's so ludicrous. Totally ludicrous. And. You know, one of my friends got married and he was exhausted and he was wearing concealer. And I was like, oh, are you wearing concealer? And he was like, yeah, can you notice? And I was like, yeah, you look great. And then, right? Yeah. Like, I wasn't like, oh my God, yeah, you can notice. Take it off right now. I was like, yeah, you can tell yeah. because your eyes look really nice. Yeah. <laughs> After you had a crazy night last night. Yeah. But leave it on. 100%. Like, and I think that's something that it's okay if you've had different conditioning when you're growing up. And that's my point here. Not all of us were raised in environments in which like we would want to be raised. Yeah. Like when I raised my kids, I would not raise them in that environment. Exactly. But what, the way I was raised by my community and by school and by everything around me, I was told certain things around mm. makeup, around clothes. And I think for a lot of people, it's still difficult to break through that cycle. Because yeah. when you ask yourself, why does it bother you so much? Yeah. No one can tell you a reason. No. They're just like, it's weird. And I'm like, okay, cool. But why, why is it weird? Because why? like, it's just too girly. And I'm like, but why is it girly? And they're I like, just, well, it's just what girls do. It's like, but why? Like yeah. who, who created this who, world? Yeah. Where's this narrative come from where men can't wear makeup? Mm -hmm. Everyone you look at on your TV screens exactly. has got makeup on. Right. So I just, it baffles me on a daily basis. Like, right. don't get me wrong. Listen, I'm not going to walk out full face like this every single day. <laughs> I do wake up in the morning with no makeup on and that doesn't make me any less attractive than what I am now. Right. This is the boss bitch vibe. This is the persona. This is the character. Right. When I get home and scrub it all off with 20 makeup wipes, that's normal. You don't use makeup wipes, do you? No, I cleanse, tan, yeah, and moisturize every good. day and night. <laughs> very good. Let's not tell the listeners to do that. <laughs> but it's interesting because you're right. Like, we see actors wear makeup all the time, we see models wear mm -hmm. makeup all the time, and we don't judge them. And this was actually a really interesting point that Shannon made on my podcast. She was like, we don't judge like Margot Robbie mm. in The Wolf of Wall Street having sex or showing herself 
completely nude mm. or showing different parts of her body, but you do judge me on OnlyFans. Yeah. And you think it's like so disgusting and so wrong, but you don't judge actors who have full on nude scenes. Yeah. So what's the difference? And it's like, you don't judge actors or models who are wearing makeup that are men. So yeah. why do you judge someone if they just feel a bit tired and they want to wear a bit of concealer? But I do think that it is still unfamiliar territory to a lot of people because if I think about my friends, none of them wear makeup. Yeah. So I think it's also a learning journey for so many people. Yeah. And I think with myself as well, like I know there's no one like me on mainstream media. So I'm breaking barriers every single day right. to help younger me's or younger people that look up to me mm. because I never had someone like myself to look up to when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So if that makes me that standpoint and that voice for all these younger kids and from the, from the community, from the background, then I'll be that voice. Right. And I will break the barriers and I will break the stereotypes of men not allowed to wear makeup, people doing what they want to do. Whatever community I come from, whatever religion I come from, I'm a human being at the end of the day and I've got dreams and aspirations like anyone else. So regardless of who I am, that people don't know, people can judge me all they like. I'm not a bad person. Mm. Get to know someone like me and let me change your, let me change your taboo on what subjects you don't agree with. Speak to someone from that stereotype or whatever kind of that person is, whatever, okay. whatever community I fall into, speak mm. to that person and find out more about them before you judge. And I think we live in a world where it's so easy to judge. We'll see someone on Instagram, we'll see someone on our TV and think, oh, so-and-so this, so-and-so this. You don't know what that person is all about. Oh my God, 100%. And I post pictures daily on my Instagram. You pictures tell know. a million stories. You don't know the real me. Oh my God, this point is so valid. You know, there's 24 hours in a day and there's seven days a week. Mm -hmm. And that's 168 hours. And I post six times a week. Wow, more than me. <laughs> Six times a week. But three of those clips are from a one hour episode like this. Mm. And the other three clips or photos are from probably like another three hours of my life. Yeah. Me at dinner, me watching me watching something or me going to an event, whatever yeah. it is. So from those 168 hours in a week, you're seeing one from my podcast. And let's just say, let's just be really crazy and say you're seeing, you know, 19 from the rest of my life, mm. like, which is a lot, you know. But let's just say that. Let's say I go to three events. So there's 148 hours left, which is almost six days of my life you're not seeing. Mm. And social media is not real. Not. You can see, you think someone like me who posts every single day on her stories, someone who posts six posts a week, you probably think you know my life. Mm. But there is so much that goes underneath. Yeah. And there is so much stuff that goes on that I don't want to share. Because I'm going through a really hard time. And yeah. I recently spoke about this because the last few weeks have been really hard for me. I've mm. had a lot going on and I've lost a lot of weight and a lot of people are like, you know, I think it's really funny when you go somewhere and people are like, you look so ill. Like you look really disgusting. Well, people like, say this All the stuff. time. And I'm just like, thank you. Like, thanks, thanks very much. And they're like, what's happened to you? And I'm like, oh, I'm just stressed. And they're like, well, just stop doing it. And I'm just like, you know what? You don't understand, yeah. but like, it's fine. And, and for me, I think it's a very temporary period because I think when you're trying to do a lot in one moment in your life and you're really trying to like break through something, mm. you have to work hard. 100%. And so I'm okay with this being a temporary period in my life where I have to work hard. And I'm not gonna blow, like complain about it on Instagram every day because it's my choice. Mm. So even though I'm posting every day, it's not like I'm hiding it. It's just, what's the solution to me posting about it every yeah. day just to let people know it's like, everything's really difficult. Mm. I'll post once in a while, like guys, it's actually quite hard. Don't think my life is amazing. Yeah. You know, this is happening and that's happening. But every day someone isn't gonna say like, I'm struggling with this. Like you said, you get death threats literally every single day. Yeah. So Do you post about it every day? 
No, I just think like, and this is the sad side of social media because social media does have its pros and cons massively. For me, it's a business and yeah. an income stream, which is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. But the bad side to it is the death threats, the daily comments of abuse that I get day in, day out, which I've had for years. I didn't sign up for that. I didn't sign up for people to troll me on a daily basis because you don't know me. You see clips of me on everything that I've done in my life, exactly what we've just spoken about. You see a clip into my life. You don't see the 24 hour. And this is where as a society, we're so quick to judge 100%. on 10 second in a 24 hour day. Mm. Crazy. So Towie, how many days do you film a week? Towie, I film three days a week. And out of that, is it one episode every week? So it's, yeah, it's one episode a week. So you do like 72 hours and you see one hour of your life. Yeah. And it's not only one hour about you, I guess, is it? It's not the whole show is about no, you. No, no, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> you wish. But that's what I, I mean wish. is that we, we forget that. Yeah. And it's very easy to remember that whoever it is, a producer, even with this podcast, in the trailers, I pick certain parts oh to my gosh. Yeah, show a certain thing. Love Struck High, for example, filmed that. We were away for two months. No contact with the outside world. No nothing. That was wow. two months completely out of my life. Filmed Love Struck High. Edited down to eight episodes. Mind you, we'd film 12 hours a day. Every day. But six days a week. And yeah, eight episodes, edited down. And in the trailer, you see me screaming and shouting. No wonder you're going mad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I love every single minute of it. Mm -hmm. I cannot ever complain. When I filmed Love Struck High, best two months of my whole life. Really? Never wanted it to stop. Never wanted the cameras to come off because for me, that was my big break that I waited for for years. And finally I got the yes, went away filming two months, cameras on me all day, but I loved it. And when you say big break, what is your goal? My what goal? About, what about Love Struck High made you feel, apart from the cameras being on you, but what was it about the cameras being on you that made you feel like this is amazing because I wanted to be here? I'll be completely honest. The only reason I've chased TV as a career is to be an inspiration for other people. And that is the God's honest truth. Why I love the cameras on me all the time is so you get to see all of my personality. You see mm. clips of different parts of my personality. You'll see my good side, you'll mm. see my bad side, but you'll start to understand me as a person the more you watch me. Right. So my whole goal in life is to inspire other people to be who they wanna be, follow your dreams. Listen, I had it all at 15 to where I am today. Any bit of abuse, I've had it all. I've had people trying to stop me. I've had people try to control me. I've had everything for me not to have this career as a full-time job. And look who's laughing now at 26. Me. My own property, my own car, and being a reality TV star is my full-time job. Mm. Am I grateful eternally? And every all my blessings have come from God. I pray every single day. And I'm grateful for everything I've got. People would be, some people may be offended that you pray every day because you get a lot of abuse about your religion, don't mm -hmm. you? Yeah. What do you think about that? What's your belief around God and you? I'm I'm Muslim. I'm very open and happy. I love my religion to absolute bits. It's, I was born a Muslim and it's, it's going to continue with me for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. My relationship with me and God is between me and God. Right. I pray every single day. I read the Quran every single day. That's amazing. And that's my choice in life, what I wish to do. Other aspects of my life, I may not follow my religion, mm -hmm. but... My relationship with me and God and I feel at peace when I do my prayers and I read the Quran. So why is that anything to do with anyone else? Yeah. I may go out and I might be a certain type of way or I might do certain things. But God's watching. No one else. It's nothing to do with anyone else. Do you know what I mean? And doesn't Islam preach that as well? That peace. 
right. shouldn't judge one you another. You shouldn't judge one another. You should not judge one another. You should let whatever avenue someone's going in life, let them because they will change and they'll go to God when they're ready. Right. So I've heard that. It is, yeah, it's a peaceful religion. We're supposed to love one another. No hate, no nothing. Mm -hmm. But why do I get the most amount of trolling from my own community? Why do you? Can you tell me? I don't know the answer. <laughs> no, neither do I. <laughs> but it's not that I'd say is that exactly what I've touched upon anyway. There is no one like me from my community on mainstream telly, mm. on mainstream media. There's not. Mm -hmm. And the reason I do it is to inspire other people to follow their dreams. Because I can imagine there's loads of Asian backgrounds out there that want to maybe be on TV mm -hmm. or maybe want a career in TV, but too scared. Right. There may be other Asian people from my sexuality that may want to be like me, may mm -hmm. want to be as open as me, uncomfortable and live their life, but they can't. Because of the fear of being rejected from the community, rejected from their families, like I have. Mm -hmm. But my story is there's always light at the end of the tunnel. I had the hardest start at 18, mm -hmm. but at 26, who's got the last laugh? We're talking a lot about the Asian community, but actually you've mentioned before that there's a lot of people you've met that are, are, still, are still not open about their sexuality that you've yeah. dated. Yeah. Who are also in the public eye. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you who they are. Not, <laughs> I'm not interested. I love a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to go into that. But I think that's really sad. Yeah, very sad. I think sad. it's really, really sad that so many of us feel that we can't be who we really mm. are. And recently, I think I had that little bit of an epiphany where I felt someone was trying to make me feel that I couldn't really be who I was. Mm. And it really struck a chord with me because I've never, I've never f ever felt like it was the most important thing to me apart from in the last year. And I was like, I think the reason why people are resonating with the things I'm saying, because I'm finally getting to say them. Yeah. Like the things that I've wanted to say my whole life that everyone was like, don't say that. Like, don't, 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 don't tell anyone that. And now I'm able to openly say them. Yeah. I feel free mm. and I think it's like the worst feeling in the world to feel you can't be yourself. Yeah, I do obviously some people that I've dated are quite high profile mm. and in the public eye and just aren't out and proud with who they are. And why? The fear of rejection, the fear of losing a career. So just, wow. yeah, it's scary, it's sad. It's, do you know what? It's very, very sad. So some are sports people, and obviously the whole sports world and stuff like that, it's, it's not really common conversation, is it, in the locker rooms? Mm. So it's just, it's sad really, but these people I've got very close bonds with and love as people. Mm -hmm. And I think if only you could speak out and be who you really want to be, and will you ever, or will this be your darkest secret that you take away with you? And you mentioned a lot of people have girlfriends or are married. I did my research, obviously. <laughs> But that, that scares me, mm. and I'll tell you why, because there are a lot of situations where either the man or a woman are part of the LGBTQ community, and they've married someone, mm. and something tragic has happened where one of them has passed away, mm. or one of them has abused the other person, or one of them has you know, just lived a completely secret life their whole time and they've had children. Mm. And recently somebody told me that they met someone and they said they were married to them for 20 years and then one day he just turned around and said, well, I'm gay. And they have kids and they're leaving. I think it scares me that people are in that situation where they feel so trapped that they have to conform and live their life completely miserable. Mm. I think 
with any sexuality, when you know, you know. Right. And I, I'm a massive believer in that. When you do know, you do know. Mm -hmm. So to put someone through like a marriage, kids, yeah. it is hard and it is... It's unfair. It's selfish as well, I think, slightly. But then also I have... I know that there's always two sides to every story. So yes, I feel like it's selfish and you're putting someone else through the pain that you can't come out with. Mm -hmm. But is that really fair on tr like projecting your pain on someone else? Is that so really true. fair? I don't think so. But then that person must be so worried and scared to even, do you know what I mean? So it's like a, it's like a never ending exactly. battle with people. Like mm -hmm. I feel sad for them that this is the, the amount of people that I can, that I've met that are too scared to come out about their sexuality actually scares me, actually scares me because I meet people every single day and I don't know what it is. Sometimes people think I'm quite easy to talk to mm. and they'll be like, you will understand yes. this. And I'll get, I'll get private messages on Instagram from fake accounts Same saying, thing. hi, I'm just messaging you. This is like what's going on in my life. They won't obviously disclose their information yeah. because they just want to get some advice. And I get it all the time. When I did a podcast with um, two of my friends, Rahul and Shashank, I don't know if you know them, they got married this year. But I did a podcast with them and we talked openly around how they struggled, you know, to come out to their families because mm. they're both Indian. And when I did, I got loads of messages from, again, random people saying, because of this podcast, I feel like I can come out. See? Like, because of this podcast, I feel like I can I can now, because they shared their story and it was so difficult. Yeah. I feel like I'll get through it and it will be okay. And that was really scary to me because I thought, gosh, like, we need more people to be talking about this stuff. We need more people to be raising awareness on that. It will be okay. You don't have to live your life completely trapped. And, you know, you don't have to put yourself through that torture. Because like you said, as much as we think it's selfish or as much as we think, you know, it's not fair on the other person. Imagine how horrible it is to have to live with yourself knowing that you don't love someone and you have to pretend to love them every day. I just can't imagine just someone being in having relationships with any sort of gender and keeping it quiet for all this time, that 20, 35, 10 years, whatever it is, having to keep that inside at all times, it's sad. I'd go mad. I would literally, but then these people tend to suffer with mental health quite a lot. Mm. And I've, I've, I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've seen people that I've like, people that I've dated and been with that literally want like, it's like they're screaming to come out but they're just too scared. And the world and the society around them fear them even more not to come out. Oh, it's just heartbreaking. And another thing, you know, that I think is really sad is a lot of people now are so judged on what they wear. Mm, oh gosh. Now this is another thing I'm gonna be totally honest about. And again, I'm very open and honest on this podcast and some people may not like it and some people may. I haven't grown up watching anyone on TV wear a dress. Okay. I haven't grown up seeing any man ever in, the, in, in real life wearing a dress. I just haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. So naturally, when I have seen people wear what I typically would think are girls' clothes and boys' clothes, mm -hmm. in, 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 the, in like, let's just say, for example, Zara, they have a woman, women's department and a men's department. Mm -hmm. And often now, I'm seeing a lot more people wear clothes that I would typically pick out from the women's department. Yeah. And at first, I did find it a bit strange. Because okay. I thought, I've never seen this before. Just for example, when I was younger, I'd never seen a giraffe. Found the giraffe a bit strange. Never seen one before. That's what I mean. I think, I think you know, my wording here is probably not the best, but I'm just trying to explain that for a lot of people, if you haven't grown up and you haven't been surrounded by people, yeah, it's difficult the first time because you just haven't yeah. seen it. 
So again, it's something that I had to educate myself on yeah. to really drill down and see, well, why do you find it weird? Mm. And again, my point was, just because I've never seen it. Yeah. Just because I've never grown up with seeing anybody wear that. Just because I was told that girls wear dresses. Yeah. And I was always a tomboy. Yeah. Because I never wanted to wear a dress. Yeah. And I was always very boyish is what mm -hmm. I used to always be told. Because it was like, Shwani just wants to wear like shorts and a t-shirt. And even now, I'm not like, a, I mean, obviously on a podcast, I have to put myself together. <laughs> but, you know, m the real me is at home with my hair in a bun yeah. and a tracksuit. Yeah. And I always, got I always got made to feel that I wasn't girly enough because I didn't wear certain clothes. Yeah. So it was very natural for me to presume that way when I saw men wearing those clothes. Mm. And I think it was a very narrow-minded view that men should wear this and women should wear this. And it's also just like men and women. Now you have, you know, people identify themselves in so many different yeah. ways and you have to respect and understand that. But for a lot of people, it is a journey of understanding yeah. because they don't know. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is also how you're brought up. 100%. I think now more so than anything is very different to how it was when we was younger. 100%. And I think how parents, parents themselves have a duty of care for their children with how you're bringing them up, mm -hmm. bringing them up there, bringing them up with life, knowing people are different, knowing this is what society is. And it's fine. Yeah. Let people do what they want to do. And some things I'll always sit there and say, I've said to my young, young cousins before in the past, if someone in your school's wearing makeup, that's fine. Who cares? Don't look at them any different. It's yeah. normal. And that's one thing I'd love to kind of push even further, like in my career goals and what I want to do, going to younger schools and saying to people, this is normal. Mm -hmm. Let's not make this a thing where it's, oh my gosh, it's a big thing. Learn to live with it and it's fine. And I think we're going in the right direction. To be I honest, agree. we really are. I mean, so much has changed since when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And it is what it is. Like yeah. the world evolves. And I mean, it's not where it needs to be. It's no. 2022 and it's really not where it needs to be. But onwards and upwards is what I say. And do people comment a lot on what you wear? Always. And what do they say? I'm quite extravagant with what I wear. I know. And I'm here for it. Right. Anything glittery, anything gold. It's got my name on the back of it. <laughs> I wear heeled boots. It's my life. Right. I wear what I want, what I feel sexy in, what I feel confident in. Also, I work on television. Yeah. So most of my outfits I'm wearing on TV. You wouldn't see me walking down Chigwell High Road in a feather boa and a glittery sparkly suit. It's not going to happen. It's not. I mean, it could happen, I think. <laughs> <laughs> see you on a Friday morning walking to Tesco and that. <laughs> Jump on the train in the morning where all the computers are going in a glittery suit. But this is what people need to understand. So what I will wear is my job. Right. So certain things I wear for my job. Don't get me wrong. Most days, like I will, I do wear women's skinny jeans. Mm -hmm. I do get my jeans on Topshop. Right. Don't see an issue with that. Mm -hmm. I just like tight skinny jeans. Is mm -hmm. that a problem? I know a lot of men that wear girls skinny jeans. Mm -hmm. Why Why is that a problem? Is that a problem? I don't know. And mm. for a lot of people, it is just awareness. Because when you actually break it down, mm. like when I've had this conversation with certain people and they've just said, yeah, but it's just really girly. And I'm like, what defines girly? Because yeah. you don't think I'm girly. So, so what, what defines girly? Or like what defines something making you, and some people have said it makes me feel uncomfortable. And I'll say, well, why does it make you feel uncomfortable? And they'll just say, because it just does. And I'm like, why? They're like, because I've never seen it before. And I'm like, so anything new then in life mm. should make you feel uncomfortable. I just think it's crazy because I know like my friends that have girlfriends, mm. they wear their girlfriend's jeans at times. Yeah. Like that doesn't make them any different. It's just. And girls wear boys hoodies all the yeah, time. That so doesn't make them a man. No. So I just, yeah. yeah, it's bizarre. Actually bizarre. 
It's really interesting. I think it's a topic that we could really dive into a lot deeper. Yeah, definitely. And it's something that I really just want people to take away from this is whatever belief you have around something and it's really strong, just ask yourself why five times. Mm. And more times that more times off, often than not, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. More times often than not, what you'll find is it's an irrational feeling that you have around something. Because so many of us were brought up in certain ways. So many of us can't just change the way we've been conditioned overnight. Mm. But the important thing is to learn and to understand that people are different and yes. certain things are important for some people. And we live in a society now where we have to understand that people are different and we have to make other people feel comfortable too. Yeah, I think education is so important. Mm -hmm. If something that's not the norm to you, but is someone else, educate yourself on that. Right. Learn to get to know. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love learning about other people mm -hmm. and even just from little things to anything. Do you know what I mean? I'm like so interested. Yeah. Why is it like that? Why is this like, do you know what I mean? So just learn to be open and like educate yourself on what what life is and who people are. And also Google is everywhere, everyone. <laughs> you know, I remember when Black Lives Matter happened and there was a lot of people calling out and saying, stop asking me and just Google it mm. because you just want the easy answer yeah. from me. And that's my opinion. Mm. And that's my view. Yeah. Google it, do your research, order some books, understand it. Love that. And I think it's really powerful because yeah. there'll be a lot of people that will be like, Junaid, just explain it to me. I just want to know from you. But you'll have a different opinion from somebody 100%. else. And they're not just getting, they're not actually trying to understand it, the issue. They're just trying to understand your perspective. Mm. But then they'll face that with somebody else who has a different perspective. Yeah. I think it's so easy to ask somebody something and so much less hassle to Google it. But if you're really keen to understand, if you're really keen to know, Google it. Educate like, Stop asking me. 100%. Love that. So before we close. Oh, I don't want it to end. I'm having so it, much fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get you in again. Don't worry. But before, before we close, I wanted to ask if there was one thing you could change about your experience, what would it be? I just feel like my life has been such a roller coaster of emotions and I've been on such a big journey with life changing events to success to sadness. If there was one thing I could change is I wish I had my family through all my successes just to see me accomplish a lot of things I've always dreamed of. That's the one thing I could change if I could. Do you think you can? Who knows? I hope you can. Really touched me actually. I feel that no one in the world should have to feel that they're not part of anything. Mm. And I'm so happy you have a supportive community. The one that you have. I know you have a very unsupportive community as well, <laughs> but you also have a really supportive community, whether that's your cast crew, whether that's your amazing friends you have, whether that's the people on Instagram you that, that feel inspired by you every day. Mm. It's really amazing to see what you've done. And, you know, I'm really grateful we had this conversation. And I really think that what you're doing in terms of being who you truly are and being so confident in that has so much power to it. I just hope everything that I speak about, and this is the side you don't see of me on TV. So mm. I just hope everything that I say can help people out there. And my message in life is just be yourself and live your life to the fullest and don't have any regrets. So if I can help one people to a, one person to a hundred people, I've done what I'm here to do. And you know, I, I, every time I get worried now about making a decision, I always think I am gonna die one day and mm. absolutely no one is gonna remember me. Genuinely, no one is gonna remember me in a hundred years and think about, oh, Shwani did this one time. <laughs> Shwani said this one time. Or, oh, you know, this happened in her life and that was so crazy. 
No one cares. Genuinely, people care in the moment now. Yeah. But they move on to the next person. Yeah. And they move on to the next topic. Yeah. But like now I just think about certain things and I think, when I die, am I going to be proud of myself? And you know, I say this and I still don't take the, the big risks that I need to, which yeah, I know yeah. I need to do. 100%. And I will do it one day. <laughs> but I do take other risks in my life where I think to myself, you know, I have to do things for me. And slowly, slowly, as I end each podcast saying this, that I need to take the risk. I've ended so many podcasts saying this. <laughs> One day I'm going to be like, I did it, guys. You did the risk. I did it. it. But I do really think that. And I think that's such a powerful message to be authentically yourself. And I'm, I'm so grateful you came on and you opened up to me. Yeah. Because I know it's difficult and yeah. I know it's really hard. But, you know, I'm really, really grateful you came on. So thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. I've had the best time. Thank you. Hey, everyone. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Wherever you're listening or watching, if you could press the like, follow and subscribe button, it would mean the world to me.